Welcome to another Abiding Thought. Today I want to extract our thought from the statement that Paul makes to his young protege, Timothy. Timothy was one that uh, Paul had hands-on experience in terms of training him and preparing him, and eventually he left him at Ephesus as the pastor of that church or the overseer of that church. And so uh, First and Second Timothy are directed to Timothy as he is serving uh, the church in Ephesus. Uh, but Paul writes to him, and in chapter 2, verse 1, he says, you then, my child, and with that phrase, you can see the intimacy of the relationship. It's a, like a father-son uh, relationship. And he says, uh, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And that's the statement I want to look at. Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And as such, I want to make five observations related to this because uh, this is something that we find throughout uh, the epistles, whether it's Paul or even Peter, reminding people of the grace that we have in Christ and to be strengthened in that grace. Um, we are told to grow in grace. Uh, and, and so there are many references that uh, use that same kind of language, uh, maybe expressed somewhat differently, but the important thing is we are led back, back and back, uh, or back consistently to the grace that is in Christ. So let me make five observations. The first thing is this. All of God's grace to us is in the person of Jesus Christ. Um, Paul gives this definitive statement in his letter to the Ephesian church in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Uh, he says that God in Christ, we have all, God has given us every spiritual blessing in Christ. So therefore, all of God's blessings, all of God's grace to us is located in the person of Jesus Christ. All of the work of Christ communicates to us the grace that is from God the Father. So the first thing is all of God's grace to us is in the person of Jesus Christ, accomplished by his work. The second thing is this. The grace that is in Christ is complete and unchanging. So quantitatively, we can't have any more grace than what is already in Christ. That's important because we do see uh, James makes the statement that he gives more grace, but he doesn't mean that in a quantitative sense. He doesn't give us any additional graces. All of the grace that is necessary for our salvation is in the person of Jesus Christ, accomplished in his work on our behalf. So the grace that is in Christ is complete and unchanging which is why Paul tells the Colossian Christians in chapter 2 of, of Colossians, you are complete in him. So there is no deficiency. And, and we want to be absolutely clear on those two things. All of God's grace to us is in the person of Jesus Christ. The grace that is in Christ is complete, and I add unchanging because it doesn't change. All of God's grace for us and to us is in Christ, and all the grace that is in Christ is complete and it's unchanging. So whatever our vacillation may be, 
there is no change in terms of the grace that we hold by faith, which leads us to the third thing. Saving grace or saving faith attaches us to all of the grace that is in Christ. Saving grace attaches us to all of the grace or saving faith attaches us to all of the grace that is in Christ. There, we may come up short in any, any number of ways for any number of reasons, but all of God's grace is in Christ and all of the grace that is in Christ is complete and unchanging and our faith, our simple faith, our saving, genuine saving faith attaches us to all of that grace. So, we are not lacking anything. And that's so important because what we have a tendency to do is look to our subjective experiences, our horizontal experiences. But all of God's grace is in Christ. All of the grace that is in Christ is complete and it's unchanging. And our faith, our genuine saving faith, attaches us not to a part of, but to the totality of grace that is in Christ, which brings us to the fourth thing. The degree to which we are strengthened by that grace will vary from situation to situation. In fact, this is a two-part statement, and that's the first part of it. The degree to which we are strengthened by that grace will vary from situation to situation. And here's the second part of it as we continuously and consciously strive to conform our thoughts and our affections to the grace that we possess by faith. So, and this is, this, this is the other side of the reality. Uh, the reality that all of God's grace is in Christ and therefore the grace that is in Christ is complete and it's unchanging. But what does change? is our circumstances. What does change is our feelings. What changes are any number of things that are external to us and also feelings and thoughts that emanate from within us. So all of God's grace is in Christ and all of the grace that is in Christ is complete and it's unchanging. What does change are our circumstances. And because our circumstances change, we have a tendency to think that we need more of what we already possess. As I mentioned, James does say that, um, in, in, uh, James does say that God gives more grace or that he gives more grace. In fact, um, in his exhortation, the, the context, let me go back to that statement because I want to attach that to what we're saying here about uh, the degree to which we are strengthened by grace. In James chapter 4, after rebuking, sort of rebuking them, uh, his, his readers, about uh, being friends with the world, um, and then he says, um, you ask, um, he says, you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? But then he goes on to admonish them to draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And he says, and he gives more 
grace, but but he gives grace to the humble. Um, that doesn't that's not new grace. So that's what the point that we're making here in number four is that the degree to which we are strengthened by that grace that is unchanging and that is complete in Christ will vary from situation to situation. And those situations can be because of, as we mentioned, external circumstances. And we'll come back to that in our closing point. Uh, but it, be, it could be because of external circumstances. In other words, things that are happening to us, things that are outside of us, and even things that are outside of our control. Or we can, our strength and our grasp of that grace can be determined by fluctuations that are going on within us. We all have our peaks and valleys. We have our down moments. We have those moments where we simply don't feel as, as good about our faith as we should, or sometimes because of the residue of our fallen nature we still see even spiritual things through the lens of the flesh. So for any number of reasons, there are, there are circumstances where we are not as strengthened by the continuing, unchanging grace that is in Christ as we should be. And this is part of what Paul is exhorting with Timothy as he deals with the challenges of, of ministry in this particular context. Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ. Regardless of what you feel, regardless of what the people are doing, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ. That being the case, because all of God's grace is in Christ, that means we have to consciously, in other words, knowing of our need for a greater grasp of the grace that we have in Christ, we have to be conscious of that need, and we have to continuously strive to conform our thoughts and our affections regardless of what we're going through and regardless of what we feel like to conform our thoughts to the grace that is in Christ um, and because we that's what we possess by faith now here's the, the final thought and I want to divide this along three lines therefore being strengthened by grace corresponds to three particular areas, and I think we can parse them out from there, uh, areas, ongoing area or issues that we deal with as Christians as we live, our, live out our faith. Being strengthened by grace is, first off, our consolation in times of sorrow. Being strengthened by grace Understanding that God's grace is sufficient for all things, and all of God's grace is located in the person of Christ. So when we are in periods of sorrow, whether it's because of circumstances around us or whether it's even dealing with loss, as we consciously look to the grace of God in the person of Christ, God's grace in Christ strengthens us so that we can have genuine consolation in our times of sorrow. It's not that our hearts don't hurt, but our hearts are strengthened by the knowledge that we're not forsaken by him. It is a reminder that the, the trials that we, or that are the sorrows that we experience is not because God doesn't love us anymore. 
It's not because um, he has, he's withdrawn his love. So understanding the fullness of God's grace in the person of Christ, consciously conforming our thoughts and affections to the fact that God has loved us so that he has sent us his son. And the son that he sent into the world is presently seated at the right hand of the father. And the reason he has come into the world is so that we could be reconciled to God and that we could be the children of God. So whatever the reason for our sorrow is, we are comforted and consoled in knowing that there is nothing that we can experience that will separate us from God's love in Christ. Secondly, being strengthened by God's grace is our hope in times of trial. Because God's grace has an eschatological end in mind. And by that, by eschatological, we mean the end of the ages. And the end of God's grace to us in Christ is that we would be in, in eternal, unbroken fellowship with him, enjoying the created order as he intended us to, to enjoy it. And so sometimes trials will cause us to be overwhelmed like Peter when the Lord, when he asked the Lord, Lord, uh, when, when Jesus was walking on the water and Peter says, Lord, if it's you, then bid me to come to you. And Jesus did bid him to come. And as he began to walk on the waters, Peter looked around and looked at the, the effects of the winds and he broke his gaze from Christ and he began to sink. And Jesus had to come and get him, pulled him out of the waves and put him in the boat. And sometimes there are waves. There are things we will be distracted. That's why I love the statement in Hebrews. Let us lay aside every sin and weight that so easily besets us. We can be distracted. And trials, whatever the nature of those trials, whether they are family problems that never seem to go away, whether it's conflict on your job, whatever it is, these are trials that are temporal. But knowing what God's grace is for us reminds us that the trials that we endure are but for a season. Just as the, the, the prophet says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. God's grace that is, that is in Christ reminds us that our trials are temporary. Our trials are working for us a far greater weight of glory that will be revealed when he returns. In the meantime, even as we go through the trials, again, just as with sorrows, we are reminded that he is with us and that we are loved. And even when we fail in our trials, because sometimes we, we talk about trials just as things that just happen to us as if we are always innocent victims. But sometimes our trials are of our own making. But Paul says elsewhere that even when we are unfaithful, God remains faithful. Therefore, we are to be strengthened even as we deal with the residue of our unfaithfulness. We are, we are reminded of the faithful God whose grace is poured out fully in the person of his son. But third and finally, being strengthened by grace is our incentive to duty. 
that again is part of what Paul is exhorting Timothy for, that he would remain faithful in his service as he serves this church at Ephesus. And the circumstances aren't necessarily the best. We know that it is largely a, 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 a congregation made up of, of converted Gentiles and even with his own mixed background, Timothy is, is probably facing some significant issues. But Paul is telling him, no, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ. Because sometimes doing the right thing doesn't always feel right. And you may not always be appreciated. Brothers and sisters, whatever the labor it is that we do for the Lord in the name of the Lord even when it's not fully appreciated or recognized by others, set our, our sights on the grace of God that is in Christ so that it serves as the incentive for any duty that we perform. Because whatever it is we do, as, as Peter says, do it as unto the Lord. Serve God with joy in spite of the fact that people may not always see it it may not always be recognized, but what should be the incentive, what, what causes us to get up in the morning and seek to serve him, serving our brothers and sisters in the context of the church, is not the rewards that we will get. And we know that God does reward our faithfulness. Why he does? That's because he's gracious. But the incentive for us doing and serving the Lord is the grace that is in Christ Jesus who is faithful even unto the cross. And so brothers and sisters, he was victorious over death and over the grave. And he ascended into the heavens to take his finished work body to present it to the Father so that our flawed and our, our feeble efforts to serve the Lord would be received by the Lord as if it were done by our wounded Savior. Our incentive to duty and to serving the Lord with joy and gladness in spite of everything that we experience or in spite of the fact that we don't always see tangible results. And I think of friends and others who serve the Lord in different capacities. I think of church planters. We, we don't always, we, all of us, every pastor would love to see the buildings in which we serve the people. We would love to see those buildings bursting at the seams with people who want to know the Lord. But the truth of the matter is that everyone will not always see tangible results from the work that we do. So what is it that causes us to continue to go? And if you're a church planter and you've you planted a year ago and you're only seeing a handful of, of new members, or if you've been in the work for a long time and you haven't seen an increase in numbers and maybe you've even seen a decrease, what's our incentive to continue to go? It is the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And so therefore, brothers and sisters, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ, because that grace that is in Christ is our consolation in our time of sorrow. It's our hope in times of trial, and it's our incentive in the face of all duties. And when we see that, rather than being either inspired or discouraged by the external things that we see, then we are reminded 
as Paul tells the Corinthians, be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, because our labor is not in vain. Thank you.